Girlfriends, episode number 140, Six Ways to Support Your Husband as a Spiritual Leader. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. Today, we're talking about ways that you can support your husband in his spiritual leadership. I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You know, I'm always glad when we can connect here. Today, I'm feeling like I'm playing catch up, I guess, because I am. I'm running behind. I usually record these episodes a week early, and it's not really going to be that this time. So like SpongeBob would say, I'm late for being early, and that's not a good feeling. But anyway, I'm playing catch up because of my recent trip to Texas. I went to Sugarland. I was at St. Lawrence Parish there, gave three different talks, was a wonderful experience, except for the fact that I was fighting a headache for most of the time that I was there. And um, But I feel fully recovered now, and I'm really thrilled with the fact that I got to meet a lot of people, some listeners of the podcast. Hey, how are you? Thanks for being there, you guys. And some people that I've worked with through writing, through Catholic Digest, through Catholic Mom, really always wonderful to have that opportunity to make real-life connections And I do that when I go speak at places. I do that when um, I'm invited to speak at a conference. I do it when I'm invited to speak at a a retreat to do my own You're Worth It retreat at various places. So if you're interested in finding out about bringing me to your community, like I did in Sugarland and like I'll be doing upcoming soon in Providence, the beginning of October, um, you can reach me through my website and you can get more information about both my You're Worth It Day Retreats for Women, which is a total put together program that I come and put on in your community. Um, but if you just want to invite me to come speak at an event that you're already hosting, perhaps a women's conference, perhaps something that's going on in your diocese, you can find information about that at daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. For information about the retreat, you can find it at daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. Okay, but today's topic, we are talking about your husband's spiritual leadership. Now, this came up. This is a a topic that came from the Girlfriends Podcast Facebook page. (laughs) Yeah, I went to the ladies there. If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, please join us. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast. If you can't remember all of that, go to the show notes. I'll link it up in there so that you always have a way that you can connect with us. You need to request membership because it is a closed group. When you join this group, other people can see that the group exists and they can see that you're a member of the group. But unless they are a member of the group, like I think we've got a little over 250 women in there now, um, unless they're a member of the group, they can't see anything you post there. So my hope is really that this can be a safe place for us to share thoughts and feelings and sometimes for me to kind of um, survey what's on your minds like I did this uh, past week looking for topic ideas when this idea of spiritual leadership came up. And now this came from Catherine Boucher originally, but other people chimed in asking the same question. Um, And Catherine is from the While You Were Folding podcast. I've mentioned her podcast before. Really, I love everything Catherine does. And, And she had this very thoughtful question about how do you encourage your husband's spiritual leadership? And then some other people chimed in saying, you know, 
what if your husband's not really a leader in spiritual matters in your home? And um, how can you encourage that? You know, um, and this is something I've heard about a lot. Spiritual leadership, your husband's spiritual leadership is like a buzzword in Christian communities. I think more so in Protestant communities, maybe they talk about this idea that your husband's supposed to be the spiritual leader in your family. And I think a lot of people don't even know, like, what does that mean? You know, for me, um, I don't give a ton of thought to Dan's spiritual leadership per se. Um, For sure, he's a leader in our home and he's a leader of our family in multiple ways, including spiritually. But it's not something I kind of put in a separate category and worry about. And I'm not sure about the value of doing that. We're going to get into that a little bit. So for starters, I'm going to share six different ways that you can support your husband in spiritual leadership. If this is something that's on your mind, something you're concerned about, if you wish he would step up more, if you wish, wish, wish things were different, I know, I hear your questions. And I know some of you are really hurting me or not in the same place as your husband spiritually. And um, that in itself can be a trial. So I'm going to talk about six different ways for you to approach this topic of supporting your husband as a spiritual leader. Okay, so the first thing I want to encourage you to do is think about what you want. What are we even talking about? Are we talking about leading nighttime prayers, um, enforcing daily family rosary? Um, Or is it something as basic as making sure everybody gets to mass? Um, Is it something uh, more complicated, like participating in a program at your parish? Is it something like you want to pray together as a couple and you want him to initiate that and he's not doing that? What is it that you want when you're talking about your, your husband's spiritual leadership, whether it's in your family or in your marriage um, or in your community? In your faith community, um, it might be in your parish, you wish he were more of a spiritual leader there. Um, what exactly are you talking about? So I think before we even begin to have this conversation with ourselves, that's the step number one. Ask yourself, what am I wanting? What is it? And then the second part of that question is, is it fair? Is it reasonable? Am I trying to impose something on him that isn't part of who he is, that isn't part of his temperament? Am I trying to make him fit inside a box of what I think Catholic manhood should look like? Um, I'm, I'm not saying you're doing this, but I am saying it's important to have this conversation with yourself, kind of think these things through. Specifically, what are you looking to have your husband do differently if this is something that's a matter of concern for you? And then specifically think about is it a fair and reasonable expectation? Is it something that fits with his personality? I mean, sometimes we can admire things that other people do, including other people's husbands, and then wish that that was going on in our own homes. But it's not a fair or reasonable expectation because that's not the guy you married. You married a man with a unique temperament, with unique skills and strengths and personality And for sure, the both of you, husband and wife, mother and father, are meant to be spiritual leaders of your children. And so that for sure um, is an an important role that you need to play. And so if you feel like your husband has completely rejected this role, then that's a conversation to have. But I think when you're going to approach this with your husband, if you are going to approach it, first approach it with yourself. Be super specific about what exactly you're looking for. What does it mean to you for a man to be a spiritual leader in your home? And why do you want that? And um, what would it look like if he were to do it? 
and then ultimately assess whether or not this is a fair and reasonable expectation, given your circumstances, given who you married, given what his preferences are. Because sometimes I think, and I know I've fallen into this myself, we can get into the habit of thinking, oh, you know, spiritual leadership looks like this. Um, Happy, holy, healthy Catholic family life looks like this. And then we try to cram ourselves into these boxes and uh, bring our kids and our spouses along for the ride. And that is not a pleasant thing. And that's not a fair thing. So that's the first step that I want you to do is think about what you want. And then further think about, is it fair? Is it reasonable? And it may be. And, you know, so then then we're going to continue this conversation. Um, does it fit with your your schedules? Is it a reasonable demand on your, your husband's time and attention? Um, that sort of thing. And, you know, so start there. And then once you've determined, yes, this is something I want to pursue, then um, I think the second thing you need to do if you're looking to support your husband in his spiritual leadership is recognize what he's already doing. Like I said, there's no actual definition for spiritual leadership. We like to talk about this concept of spiritual leadership and husbands being spiritual leaders, but let's get specific about what that means. And let's look at the ways in which your husband is already doing that every day, every week, in and out, all the seasons of the year. It may not mean that he's starting a family rosary. It may not mean that he's initiating a novena in your home. It may not mean that he's praying the Angelus and encouraging your kids to do the same. It it may mean that he has conversations with you and your children about spiritual matters, that he talks about God, that he um, is, is receptive to those kinds of conversations when they come up and offers his perspective. That's spiritual leadership, okay? Sometimes we women want to make spiritual leadership what we want it to be. And you know what? That's actually dumb because what our husbands bring to the table is a completely different perspective, different skill set, different temperament, different preferences, different strengths, different focuses. That's a beautiful gift to you and your family. So trying to make your husband's concept of spiritual leadership and the way he should practice it fit your mold is not necessarily fair. And it's actually not going to be good for your family. Okay, so recognize what he's doing that already is spiritual leadership. And like I said, it can be something as simple as he has spiritual conversations with you and your family. He talks about God. He's open to talking about God. And that doesn't mean he's having these big emotional spill all of his feelings about his relationship with Jesus. Um, but, you know, one of the things I super value about Dan's leadership in our home in this way is that he's always willing to have those conversations with the kids. He's always receptive to their questions. And he might answer in a way that completely surprises me and wouldn't at all be the way that I would respond. But what a gift that is. Again, because you're there to answer those questions too. And your husband is there to answer those questions in his own way, with his own approach, with his own unique temperament and personality and gifts. And the two of you together make a wonderful balanced approach for your kids. That's God's plan for the family. So it might just be that he's engaging in conversations, that he's open to questions, that he attends mass every week that he makes sure kids are attending Mass, that he makes sure the family schedule is conducive to going together to Mass every week. That's spiritual leadership in your home. 
Sometimes we don't want to call it that. Maybe it's that he's making smart decisions for your family, making sure you're financially secure. Spirituality isn't like one box, you know, where you're saying rote prayers together or, or you know, attending a class about uh, theology of the body together. Spirituality is all-encompassing. So every part of your life that he's taking care of is taking care of you and your family spiritually as well. He's making it possible for you to live in the home where you live, perhaps. He's making it possible for you to have the schedule that you have, perhaps, so that you're available during the day for your children. I know for years that was the case here where I didn't work outside the home at all. And that was spiritual leadership on Dan's part, where he was taking care of making sure our bills got paid and I didn't have to be concerned about that. And I could be focused on raising our children. And he, you know, trusted me in that role. That is spiritual leadership, trusting your wife to take on certain things. And yeah, I know sometimes we get frustrated and we wish that they would be more proactive, but I think it's super important to recognize when we're using this kind of buzzword of, you know, spiritual leadership and husband spiritual leadership, that we talk about it in a way that's fair and recognizing all the things they're already doing. Is he partaking in the sacraments? That's spiritual leadership. Does he go to mass every week and receive communion? Does he go to confession on a regular basis? Are your kids watching him do that? Huge spiritual leadership. You know, I can tell you from um, growing up in a Catholic household, nine of us siblings, you know, there was there was very little of this kind of idea of spiritual leadership. For sure, you know, my parents had a goal, I say goal because we didn't always meet it, of praying the family rosary every day. And sometimes we did that and sometimes we didn't. I went for whole seasons where I was allowed to not participate because I said I was, you know, air quotes, too busy. Um, and, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, as far as spiritual leadership is concerned in the way that many of us think about it, uh, my dad wasn't doing a ton of that. But I was very aware of his devotion to the sacraments. I was very aware of his faith and the strength of his faith. And I was very aware that not going to mass was not an option. That's all spiritual leadership. So I think um, it's important to recognize what he's already doing. And for sure, if this is an area where you wish your husband would do more, the place to start is by recognizing what he's doing right. The place to start is to verbalize your gratitude, your appreciation, your recognition for the stuff that he's already doing right, because that's going to encourage more of the same. Human beings are very simple creatures. We run away from pain. We turn toward pleasure and seek more of it. That's how it is. And so if you are going to make it a pleasant experience for him, the times when he does make an effort, even if it's just leading your family in grace before meals, you don't have to be cheesy about it, but recognize it and say thank you and say that was really nice. And, you know, then he's going to look for more opportunities to do that kind of thing. That's how human beings work. So, you know, recognize what he's doing and appreciate it. So that's that's step number two. Um, so, oh, but included in this, I, I made a little note here, things not to say. <laughs> okay, so when you're recognizing what he's doing or noticing other things you wish he would be doing, things not to say in these situations are, I wish you would be more of a leader. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, uh, why don't you step up more? Why can't we be more like the Smith family? 
Do you hear the judgment in that? Do you hear the kind of, do you understand how your husband's going to receive anything that's even, even hinting along those lines of that approach of you're already messing up, you're messing up and I'm judging you. And you know what? There's nobody in the world your husband wants to please more than you. Uh, I mean, even in the rockiest times in your marriage, that at his core, because he's married to you, is what's motivating him. And so don't approach it in a negative way. Approach it in a positive way. Some good things to say. Say there's something particular that you're hoping he will he will take up, right? Recognize what he's already doing. And then you can go ahead and say a positive thing like, hey, I heard about this devotion and I'd love to try it. What do you think? That's an invitation. That's an open invitation. That is seeking his opinion. And um, he will respond positively to that. Um, how about this? I'm worried about... Um, our our son and his understanding of the sacrament of confession. And I'm not sure what's best to do. What do you think? Um, okay. Um, you know, that's inviting a conversation. That's valuing his opinion. It's completely respectful of the role that he plays in the family. Right. Or even just something like, say, there's a program at your church, say they're offering a class for married couples. You could mention the class and say, would you be interested in it? no judgment, right? And then if he's not, or he doesn't have time, or he's too tired, you can't follow that up with judgment, okay? This isn't how human beings work. You need to be positive and encouraging here. So, I mean, they work the same way we do. Imagine how you would feel, you know, in the way that you're, you've been approaching this. Perhaps you've been negative about it. Perhaps you've been tempted to be negative about it. Perhaps you've made little comments here and there that you're not even sure he's aware of. He's aware, okay? Um, all right. So that was my second tip was recognize what he's doing and talk in a positive way about opportunities, not obligations, opportunities that exist um, for, for possibly for him to do more if it makes sense. OK. All right. Um, number three, I just read my notes here. I wrote, don't boss him. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is related to number two, of course. It's along the lines of what we were just talking about, right? Approaching in a positive way means not bossing him. You can't bully your husband into fitting your mold of what you think a spiritual leader is. You can be encouraging of who he is. You can be appreciative of what he's already doing. You can offer him opportunities to do more. You can um, let him know what's on your heart and mind. You can seek his counsel. You can ask his opinion. Those are all positive things. But you know what I mean when I talk about bossing him because I know, <laughs> I know there are a lot of you out there who have these strong personalities and you happen to be married to men who have more perhaps of a passive personality. It's okay. It's all part of God's plan. All right. There's nothing wrong with who you are and there's nothing wrong, flip side, with who he is. Okay. So. You can't, um, you can't boss him. And I think you need to recognize, um, and I'm talking in generalities here. I'm probably going to get some mail from people telling me, I'm a female and I do not approach like that. Um, my husband's male and he's not like that. Um, but, you know, in order to talk about these things, you kind of do have to generalize. And I can only speak from my own experience in witnessing in, in the home where I grew up, among my friends and family and in my own marriage. Um, but this idea of like bullying your husband into fitting a mold um, shaming him into being more of a spiritual leader, into stepping up more, right? Telling him what his role is. That's not your role. 
It's not your role to tell him what his role is. And you know what? Even if it works, this is something I have observed time and again. If you bully your husband into something, we're disgusted. We're disgusted. Even if he's doing precisely what we wanted and we've bullied him into it, we're disgusted. Because you know what? This isn't how nature is set up. This isn't how we're supposed to interact between the sexes. You're not supposed to bully him into doing things. You're not supposed to boss him. And I'm not saying he's supposed to boss you, but for sure we have different personalities and we have different gifts and different focuses inside of the family life. So even if you do shove him into doing what you want him to do, you're just, you're not going to be happy anyway. You're still going to be upset that you had to do it that way. He's going to be resentful of the entire process, even if he doesn't say so. Um, that's not how it's supposed to work. You know, so funny, but um, that when I was thinking about this, I thought of a speech that I recently heard Reese Witherspoon give. She was receiving some kind of award and it was like this feminism thing. Okay. Um, did you hear my tone when I said that word? I'm all about St. John Paul II's version of feminism. It's not a bad word. But anyway, um, so, and, and I love Reese. And actually, I really loved what she said because it was funny. She said, you know, how many times in movies has she been the girl, playing the girl role in um, an action movie, or a romance, a comedy, whatever it is, where she says her line as the female in a moment of crisis was to turn to the male character and say, what are we going to do? Right. <laughs> How many times have you seen that in movies? Right. That's like a cliche. What are we going to do? The girl turns to the boy in the crisis and says that. Well, um, well, <laughs> I know Reese had a problem with it and she wants us to make more movies where the, the man is turning to the woman asking what we're going to do or the woman saying, here's what we're going to do. But I kind of think in real life, that's how it works. I think that's nature's plan for the relationship between the sexes. Not that we're all these helpless maidens. Obviously, we're not. Um, but we do naturally turn toward our husbands for leadership, for guidance. That's why we're having this conversation, right? Because we're recognizing that truth. And some of us are feeling like, okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's doing that right. I'm not sure if I'm supporting him in all the right ways in that role. Um, but recognizing that that's the role, right? We're looking for him, for his leadership. And the way you get someone's leadership is not to boss them. It's not to bully them. It's not to shame them into taking on that leadership. It's, to, it's in being receptive to that leadership. And what a gift it is to you when you allow that. You know, I think in over the years, um, something that I've noted, especially inside my relationship with Dan, is the more I embrace who I am because I'm female, the more I learn about what my natural tendencies and gifts and strengths are, like all about what I wrote about in Momnipotent and that study in that book, um, those natural gifts that we have, our feminine genius, the more I learn about those things and embrace those things, my true identity as female, the more Dan is freed up to be male. I'm not trying to take on those roles. I'm being me so he can be him in the way that God has planned it for our family. And I think that this is so important and it can't be overstated that the more you're focused on your role and what you can do, the more he's going to naturally step into his and feel like, what a relief. She's not trying to be the guy. I can be the guy. 
Okay, I know I'm going to get mail now that I said that, but it's the honest to goodness truth. And I can tell you from my own experience that I absolutely love when our relationship works that way. I'm, I, I'm, again, I have all these hesitations about the kind of language, especially in Protestant circles about, you know, submissiveness and marriage and all of that, um, which some of this has that flavor when we talk about spiritual leadership and leadership in the home and um, that, that whole thing. I, to me, when you start having to use buzzwords like that, then something's already off in the relationship. It's not built on love if you're worried about those kinds of roles. But I do know for me, I very naturally look to Dan for his leadership. And um, I find that the more I'm allowing that, allowing space for that, not taking charge of things myself, playing more of a supportive role, the more he steps into that. I shared with you guys a few weeks ago on the podcast when I was talking about how we had a family conversation about the um, sex abuse scandals by clergy and um, that are going on in the church and how I felt it was important to talk about as a family because now, here we go. This is a great example of spiritual leadership um, because, you know, our pastor had talked about it at length at mass. It was a very emotional thing. He was crying. I was crying in the pew. Everybody clapped in the end. It was this big emotional thing. And of course, my two youngest boys who, you know, I have not been feeding them on the news on all of this, um, noted all of that and might have been confused. So, you know, later in the day when we were all together in a relaxed setting, I kind of... Um, turned to Dan, made a mention of it, and just kind of invited his thoughts, explaining that perhaps Danny and Rafe hadn't fully understood what was going on there. And Dan could have easily said something short and moved on to the next thing. And it would have been fine. You know, that's his choice. But I felt like my role in that situation wasn't to initiate the family conversation and lead it. And um, so the way I did it was I invited his opinion in front of everybody, for sure, but in a way that was very respectful and not here's the time now when you're going to teach the kids about this topic, but really just very respectfully inviting his his opinion because I wanted it and I valued it. And that's what I was communicating. And Dan responded really well to that. And I mean, I'm so grateful for the conversation that followed from that that was completely led by Dan and completely happened because of him. So I feel like that's a great example of um, the way in which we as wives can be supportive of our husband's, quote unquote, spiritual leadership, that um, it's something as simple as asking a question, inviting a conversation and and sitting still and, and giving him that space um, because it can be tempting to take over. And I'm not saying I, you know, that women don't have a role in these conversations or anything even remotely like that. But if you're concerned about supporting your husband's spiritual leadership, a way that you can begin is by giving him that space, giving him that platform, respectfully stepping aside sometimes and just allowing that space to exist. And it might not immediately get filled, but that's okay. That's his prerogative. But allowing that space to exist, I think, can be very freeing. The, the times where I have done it, I find it very freeing to me as a wife and as a mom. And more often than not, I find that Dan does gratefully step into that role as a husband and as a father. And, you know, for this particular example, um, I definitely have a role to play in talking to my kids about these these topics of the scandals going on in the church. And I have been doing that. 
Um, but, you know, giving Dan that kind of official feeling opportunity to play that role and, and kind of lead that conversation, I think was a really important thing for me, for me, I needed to hear what he had to say and for our kids. So what I'm trying to say here is don't boss him. <laughs> Back to my original point. Don't boss him and just give him that space in a natural way without judgment. Okay, number four, figure out what's getting in the way. Figure out what the obstacles are. If you're feeling like your husband could be more of a leader in this aspect of your home life, what's stopping him? Is he tired? Is he just too tired at the end of the day? And what can you do about that? Um, perhaps adjust your expectations, perhaps do things that are going to help him to be less tired, uh, perhaps giving him time to rest before um, making any kinds of requests. Um, is he unsure of himself? Does he not know where to start? Maybe. And that doesn't mean he needs you to tell him where to start, <laughs> but he needs you to have confidence in him. And he needs you to communicate to him that there's no right or wrong way to do it so that he's not feeling this pressure of judgment coming from you, like he's putting on some kind of a performance and he's trying to please you. So um, if, he's, if he's feeling that way, how can you address it? And maybe you address it by laying the heck off for a while, especially if it's been a point of contention for you. Is it that the kids don't behave? Does that make it like a seriously mentally exhausting, emotionally exhausting thing to partake in? If calling together family prayers is, you know, exhausting, what can you do about that? Maybe change what time of day it is. Maybe change the circumstances under which you do it. Maybe lower your expectations for what you're going to accomplish inside of family prayer time, whatever it is. Or maybe, and this is an important one to think about and talk about, he doesn't share your goals. Does he not share your goals? Okay, so this is um, actually, this this matters a lot. Um, if he doesn't share your goals, you got to start there. You got to have those conversations. If he doesn't share your goals in your family life. And now maybe he won't share your specific goals. Maybe you want to have your third grader, you know, have memorized his memorare by November and he doesn't share that goal. But that's fine. I'm talking about major goals, raising your kids in the faith. Okay, stuff like that you know, getting to mass every week, some of the basic stuff. If he's not sharing those goals, then yes, um, you need to be having a conversation about that. And um, it is a unique cross for some women that their their husband does not share their faith. And that is a, a really, really difficult thing. I, I haven't experienced it and I can only imagine it. And yet I know how hard my marriage is and our family life is in, in spite of the fact that we're all on the same page with that. So um, I, you know, if that is you, let me know so that I can pray for you because um, I know that's a unique uh, burden that you bear in that regard. But if he doesn't share your goals, find out if that's what's stopping him. It might be he doesn't share your goals about something specific and you can readjust them. Uh, but it might be something more major than that, that you need to have a, a more difficult conversation about. Okay. And then this one is related to that. Find out what his goals are. This is something that might not have occurred to you because I know I went for years without asking this. I kind of was, because of homeschooling, I think that um, early on, a lot of that burden fell on me. And, you know, religion just kind of felt like it was part of it. And so I felt like it was largely me, especially with our kids, who was kind of stepping into that kind of leadership role with regard to teaching our kids about their faith. 
Um, and so only my goals mattered, right? It took me years before I realized, oh, um, he probably has some goals and I should talk to him about those so we can make sure that we're we're making those our goals together, right? Um, you know, so find out what his goals are. Ask him. Um, you don't have to do it in a demanding way and certainly don't do it during a point of contention or a conversation that contains any amount of conflict. Do it in a loving way and a relaxed time when you're together. Just, you know, say, you know what, I've been thinking about like, what are our spiritual goals for our family, for our children, what what things we could do differently and um, and maybe just share what some of yours are. But then make the point of the conversation inviting his input. What are his goals? So if you really mean what you say, when you say you want to support your husband in his spiritual leadership of your family, you need to be willing to listen to what his goals are. And they might not look anything like yours. And they might not look anything like that perfect, happy Catholic family that you have in your head. Be prepared for that. Find out what his goals are and then find out how you can support him in those goals. Ask him how you can support him in those goals. If he says, you know, every night I want to be able to say prayers before the kids go to bed, that's a goal, okay? And you may or may not be meeting it. Find out how you can support him in that. Say, oh, that that I share that goal. That's a great idea. Um, maybe I can set a timer. Would that be helpful if I set a timer to go off and we do try to do it at the same time every night? Or would it be helpful if I make sure that the kids' homework is done before a certain hour so that they're freed up to do it? Um, or maybe he's interested in a class or a group or, um, you know, whatever it is that you, you might let him know about in that non-judgmental, non-bullying way and, and find out if that's a goal for him, taking part in a program at your parish or, um, helping your kids to do that. And it might not be a program of any kind. Sometimes we fall in love with our ideas of programs. And I think, um, and this did come up in the Facebook group, like our men, are not leaders in our parish communities. What can we do? And um, I, I don't know. I might have a problem with that question right from the beginning in that it's making assumptions about what spiritual leadership is in our families and in our parish communities because it might not be participating in a program of any kind. It might not be. And um, I value programs and I love to take the classes and I love structure and a lot of us women do, but it might not be at all how your man experiences his relationship with his creator and the ways in which he's going to lead other people to God. It might have nothing to do with a program. It might have nothing to do with a class. And you need to be open to that. I think we need to be a little more broad in our definition of spiritual leadership. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not accusing the ladies talking in the Facebook group at all. I think this is such an important topic, and that's why I, I did decide to take it on, um, because I think we're all over the map with regard to what we're even talking about when we're trying to address whether or not this is a problem in our in our in our parishes and in our families. So um, it might not be a program of any kind. And then um, also on number five about finding out what his goals are, ask how you can pray for him. Tell him you'd like to know what his goals are for his own personal spirituality and how you can pray for him for that. And let him know you're praying for him. You know, um, I always find it's actually a really healing thing in my relationship with my husband. If I let him know, particularly in, in ways in which I'm praying for him, if I let him know um, that I'm praying a particular novena for him, or if I let him know I'm offering up something that's going on for his intentions or something specific about his intentions, 
it's a really beautiful thing. It's a, it's a beautiful gift that you can offer to your husband in your marriage. And you want him to be a spiritual leader? Well, then support his spirituality. And this is a, a wonderful way that you can do it. That's not putting any pressure on him at all. Letting him know the ways in which you are ready to support him and asking about his goals, finding out what they are, being okay if they don't match yours or look anything like what you think a goal should be. <laughs> Got to be prepared for that. Okay, a lot of this is just kind of um, uh, taking a step back and, and being a, a little bit humble about these things. I, I know it's hard. Um, okay, number six, do your own stuff. Okay, so I think maybe... Sometimes I have done this in the past where I'm sitting around whining about how um, things aren't happening spiritually the way that I want them to be in our home, in our family, with our kids and feeling like we're coming up short and laying all the blame, even if I don't say it out loud on Dan. But I can do stuff, you know, talking about these like, you know, gender stereotyped roles you might play. Um, if it's not a goal that your husband shares to say bedtime prayers with the kids, um, I, you know, I, I can understand that you might be disappointed about that. It, it, but if that's a goal for you, make it happen. You're allowed to do that. You can do your own stuff without judgment, not doing it in a way like, oh, well, you're not going to do this. So I have to step up and be the spiritual leader in our home. I mean, none of that, none of that garbage can enter into this. Okay. Not even in your own head, because I promise you, if it's in your head, it's seeping out in your words and in your looks and in the feel you're giving your husband. So it is fine for you. Women have spiritual leadership in their homes too. As wives and as mothers, we're spiritual leaders. We just do it differently. We do it in a feminine way for the most part, and that's okay. But I think that sometimes what gets confused here is we have our own goals. We have our own approach to the ways in which we want to lead our children in, in their prayer lives and their faith lives and their faith formation and what we want that to look like. And it's a feminine way. It's a feminine perspective. It's a feminine goal. It's a feminine way of acting it out. And then we try to, you know, insert our husbands into that role. Not really fair. You can do those things. If there's something that's lacking, if you've offered the opportunity to your husband to take it on and he's not interested, not doing it, whatever, you can do it. You're allowed to have that goal and you're allowed to follow through on it. Your husband's example is valuable because it's different from yours. Because his approach to spirituality is different from yours. It has immense value in your home and in your family. And that is spiritual leadership. Okay, one last thing that I want to mention. Well, first I'll run through to remind you of the six things that I've mentioned. First, think about what you want. And is it fair and reasonable? Number two, recognize what your husband is already doing with regard to spiritual leadership in your home. Even if it doesn't look like what you think it should. Number three, don't boss him, okay? Number four, figure out what's getting in the way. Number five, find out what his goals are and how you can support them. And then number six, do your own things. But um, one last thing that I want to mention that did come up on the Facebook group was um, one of the women sharing there said she had recently heard and was disillusioned and discouraged because um, somebody somewhere had written or said that if the man is not a spiritual leader in his home, 
then there's no chance, basically no chance those kids are going to grow up and remain Catholic. I mean, what a dumb thing for that person to say. (laughs) Not the woman sharing it, the person that she heard it from. And I have seen this and heard this and seen it hinted at in Catholic circles by people who should know better, who have lots of letters after their names. And it really bothers me to no end. Um, We are not a church of discouragement and hopelessness. And we can do all things through Christ. In the end, It's not us who are going to raise our kids Catholic. It's not us who are going to keep our kids in the church. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit. And we are cooperators with the Holy Spirit in that. It's not us. So that means take that burden off yourself. Take that burden off of your husband. I think that's such a terrible thing to say. Imagine how discouraging that is to so many people. Imagine how discouraging that is to women who are struggling inside of their marriages struggling with that idea of what the perfect Catholic family life looks like. You might as well throw it all out the window, right? If he's not on board. Oh my gosh, it gets me so mad. Anyway, I had to address that. Absolutely 100% not true. And God knows all about where you are. He knows all about the circumstances he gave you. He knows all about the man that you're married to, the dad he gave to your kids. He knows all about it. And he knows all about the weaknesses and the failures and the limitations that are involved in every step of that. He knows all about it. And he is not discouraged. He is calling you to be a wife to your husband and a mother to your kids right there in whatever mess you're finding yourself in right now. He is not discouraged. God is not throwing it all out the window. So don't you even think about doing that because some idiot on the internet said a stupid thing to discourage you. Okay. Do you see how I feel about that? (laughs) Because I really feel about that. Really gets me. Anyway, so those are my thoughts about supporting your husband in his spiritual leadership. And I love that I'm getting to use that buzzword in the title of my show, Um, even though I'm not fully sure I'm on board with what it means in some circles. Um, But I want to know what you think. This is a dicey topic. Like I said, I'm probably going to get some mail for some of the gender stereotypes that I threw out there. Uh, But maybe I won't. Maybe you find that relieving to actually hear somebody say these things and admit these things. Um, But regardless, I want to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Even better, though, I'd love to add your voice to the show here. And that means sending me a voicemail. You can record a voice memo on your phone. Just send it to my email, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me through Voxer, the link to connect through Voxer, which is a super fun app. If you don't already have it, you'll love to talk to friends and family this way. You can just leave voice messages for each other through the Voxer app. But you can also connect with me. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. You know I want to hear from you, so let's have it. I want to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you this podcast at ascensionpress.com. You'll find all kinds of resources for your personal spiritual growth, but also resources that support you in your marriage, support your kids in their faith life, your family, your parish community, all in learning more about and loving your Catholic faith. Check it all out at ascensionpress.com. And one new show in particular that I want to give a shout out to that's newly available through ascensionpress.com is Abiding Together featuring Sister Miriam James. I've had the pleasure of hearing Sister speak. I don't even remember at what conference it was. I do remember being riveted in my seat, listening to her stories of love and sharing and just the beauty of life. She has such a beautiful soul and just tears 
streaming down my face listening to Sister Miriam. Now you have the opportunity. You don't have to cry every time. But to listen to her podcast through Ascension Press, it's called Abiding Together, and it's launching September 17th. If you want to be sure to get that first episode in your inbox, you can go to ascensionpress.com and sign up for the email. You know I'll be listening. And that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank you for spending this time with me. I want to thank you for all the ways that you support girlfriends. I want to give one last shout out to that Facebook group. Come join us over there. I'm so happy to have this little place where we can come together. You can request prayer support. You can share what's going on in your life. You can ask a question or share what's on your heart about what's going on in the news. It's a safe place for us to connect with one another. If you're a listener to the Girlfriends podcast, you already have enough in common with the rest of us. So join us over there at facebook.com slash groups slash girlfriends podcast. We'd love to have you join us over there. But in the meantime, thank you just for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the time that you spend with me. I truly value all the ways that we connect here and all the ways that you give me feedback and encouragement and support in return. So thanks so much for being a part of the Girlfriends community. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. Thank you.